and welcome everybody back to another episode of Power Hour. We are so excited to have you here this morning because we are talking about something that is near and dear to all of our hearts here. And I think a lot, you know, to everybody here as well, if you're joining us, please let us know where you're tuning in from. If you're right on LinkedIn Live, if you're over on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you are, and where you are in the country. We'd love to see how far the show goes too. But today we're talking about something really important because what's top of mind for all of us, if you're listening here today, is sales and marketing. But if nobody is around to hear your message, does it have an impact? So I'm really excited to jump into podcasting again today. Uh, good morning. If you're just if you're new to the show, welcome to Power Hour. Uh, and if we haven't met, I'm Claire Davis. I own Traction Resume and I help sales leaders get great jobs and make more money in less time with awesome resumes and interview prep. So Aaron and Dan, good morning. Aaron, how are you doing down in Texas? What's going on down there? Hey, doing really, really well. Good morning, everybody. So I'm Erin Geiger. I run Muscle Creative and I help um, solopreneurs and small businesses with DIY uh, copywriting. You are a writer. You can do it. Um, and I help you in a variety of ways. So uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. I always love Thursdays. This is the best way to start my morning. <laughs> It's true. Agreed. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, which um, I think most of you do know all of us at this point in time, but I'm Dan Mott. I am a LinkedIn social selling strategist, and I help solopreneurs build their business on LinkedIn. Uh, but I'm super excited that we have Dan Chaz joining us today. <laughs> yes, um, me too. It's, um, you know, Dan Chaz and I connected. By the way, Dan Sanchez, and he says all his friends call him Dan Chaz, so make sure you check out his profile today. Um, Dan Chaz is one of the people who really piqued my interest because I think that podcasting used to be this thing where like your, your awkward neighbor did it and like they talked about their hobby, but nobody listened and like, how do we use it? But really podcasting has become an incredibly not dead practice. And it's something that's moving businesses forward super fast and generating amazing leads with the right fit customers. And a side benefit that you know I love is that it also can lead to amazing job opportunities, which is, I don't think is talked about enough when it comes to podcasting. So without further ado, Danchez, we're so excited to have you here today. And if you wouldn't mind, good morning, introducing yourself. Tell us more about what you do and why you do it. What's up? Thanks for having me on the show. Um, like you said, I'm Dan Sanchez. My friends call me Danchez. It's been a nickname I've carried around for a long time. And probably a year and a half ago, because of LinkedIn, I started actually embracing the nickname. People were yeah. talking about personal hashtags back then. And now I hardly ever hear people talk about that. But mm. coming up with it, people are like, oh, I, I think I did a poll and Danchez was like the winner. So that's just become a thing. It's something my friends used to call me. And now I'm like, this just become a brand. <laughs> that's um, awesome. I thought, really well. it, I thought you did it just way. for the hashtag. <laughs> There's a lot of other Dan Sanchez's out there, and I don't own the domain Dan Sanchez, so danchez.com was available. There's <laughs> a lot are. of Dan bots out there, too, and a long time ago, I connected with a bunch of them, and I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but I have a plan. One day, I'm going to do something fun with all the other Dan bots. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, There's that's a awesome. website called How Many of Me. I think howmanyofme.com, you can actually see how many people, at least in the U.S., um, have your same name, first name, last name, or both together. Oh, kind of a fun website yeah. to check out sometime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm 
and to kind of wrap it up, I'm the director of audience growth at Sweetfish, which is a podcast agency for B2B brands. And I'm also the host of the Attention Podcast, where we explore all things audience growth, how to mm-hmm. actually grow an audience. Because a lot of people do content marketing. It's a massive subject. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people aren't growing an audience despite investing in content writers and creatives and they're pumping out a lot of money into these initiatives but don't quite get what they're looking for so it's a new podcast i just launched um and we're exploring that topic yeah you know um first of all i love your podcast i was just listening to your latest episode and, and one thing that struck me was that you know even though podcasts have been around for a while um still i feel like there's this untapped piece of them where people who maybe have been doing a podcast for a while, hit this plateau, you know, and they, they've, they've got the content, they're comfortable with the technology, but how do they take it to the next level? That seems to be something that's a real sticking point for a lot of people. And I know, you know, a few people here in the chat are interested in doing podcasts as well. So Dantras, where do you feel like people get stuck most of the time or have that mental block between, okay, I've got a podcast, but it's not growing. Like, what does that look like? I think there's two different blocks. Um, and it depends on who the audience is. If you're, if you're kind of solopreneurs or individuals starting a podcast, there's one block. If you're a company, there's usually a totally different block. Mm-hmm. I'll start with the company. If it's a company, it's usually because they don't actually apply the marketing principles they know to the podcast. They're applying all the marketing principles they have and all the stuff they've learned from like just lean startup methodology to the business and to the product. And they don't go ahead and do that to the podcast or their other content channels. Like, are you talking to your customers about what they want? Are you getting feedback? Are you iterating? Are you being audience first, right? Instead of product first, are you actually trying to make what they want? You're not applying the principles. You're not actually building marketing. You're not building funnels for your own content channels. And that's what's usually happening on the the business side. On the solo side, it's a little bit different. I find people probably aren't taking enough creative swings. And this is provided that they're actually producing content on a normal basis. Mm -hmm. So like they got the, the discipline down of showing up and doing the work, but it's just not popping. Um, and what they're not doing is they're usually not taking enough creative swings and trying out different stuff over and over again until they find a format and an audience and hit what I call like, like you talk about product marketing fit. I like to talk about audience market fit Mm -hmm. and you have to keep trying stuff until it finally connects with the right people and the right type of content. And then bam, like if you look at Mr. Beast, like that guy was throwing swings right and left over and over (laughs) and over again until he start until it started clicking oh, I know how to make viral videos. And then he got better and better at it. But if you look mm. at the first hundreds of videos, nothing. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's I, finding it. Sorry, go ahead. Everyone um, talk at once. <laughs> wait, everybody <laughs> at, at once. Um, I was going to say with Mr. Beast now, I um, eat his hamburgers. <laughs> so like he has a whole <laughs> lot. My kids love him. So it's just like I know Those about burger. him. Yeah. That's another topic is audi- uh, people with audiences now starting businesses. It's my mm-hmm. hypothesis that the people with the audiences have the leverage. It used yeah. to be money had the leverage. Now I'm like, uh, I think that's changing. I no, think the people with the attention and the audience and the, the, the trust with the large audience are the ones that are going to have the most leverage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, is that um, you need to give it time, you know, like um, when you first start out with a podcast, it's like, you know, when I first started mine, it was kind of like, you know, very small audience and it grew. And then one day I look back and I was like, wait, how many downloads did we do last week? You know, because it was just, you have to give it time to gain 
traction to gain that audience, you know? So I think it's a combination of exactly what you were saying, um, Dancha, is like, a, you know, what is your audience looking for? What do they need to hear? I always say it's a combination of giving them what they want to hear, followed up with what they need to hear, right? Mm -hmm. um, because they don't always want to hear what they need to hear. So it's kind of like, piggybacking on it, um, but then also giving yourself time. So I think a lot of people give up very quickly of like, oh, you know, this takes too much time and effort and nobody's listening anyway. So who cares? And I'm just going to quit. Yeah. I think that's a good point too, right? Like before we even went live, Dan, you were saying that what like 90% of podcasts don't ever make it past episode seven. That's right. Wow. They don't have a plan and yeah. get stuck. And actually, I think most of them find out that it's a little harder than they thought. Mm. Actually, I think podcasting is easier than most me long form mediums. It's certainly easier than YouTube. Um, and I'd say it's easier than than long form blog content. Um, it's easier than those two. But still, there's a price to pay. As you guys know, you're running this podcast. Mm -hmm. You have to reach out, get the guest on there. And even if you're not producing your own content, just asking questions, it's still a lot of back and forth work doing maybe maybe a pre-interview, interview, interview post-production, publishing, promoting. Yeah, there's a lot of steps per episode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because, right, like everyone thinks like, all right, I need to have really good content. And yes, that's obviously an important component. But as much time as you're spending on planning and creating the content, you need to be doing in terms of promoting it as well. I think like across any medium, people always think that, right? Like whether they like start up a blog and they put a lot of effort into it or a newsletter or a podcast or a live show, whatever, they put a lot of the focus becomes on just producing the content where going out there, promoting it, like going in and engaging with the audience and like getting them to, right? Like getting them to actually explore and, and enjoy and consume the content is is just as much part of the battle. Right, right. Um, you know, we also, I just also wanted to mention, somebody uh, mentioned Matt in the, in the chat. He can't be with us today. He is out there dazzling from the stage, like you know Matt does um, in coaching some people on storytelling for their business. So when you say Matt, dazzling? I'll see you next week. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> like Matt on stage with like jazz. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I think of. That's that's my hope. Um, but yeah, so hopefully Matt will be with us next week too. But you know, that's such a great point. If, if we, you know, part of the battle is creating the content, which I think. <clears throat> can be scary for a lot of people. Like, I don't know what to say. And, um, you know, we were talking a little bit backstage and for me, podcasting is new other than this show. So, you know, my, my pro up here, Aaron, and then Dan, who started a few, and then all, obviously Dan Sanchez too, I always point the wrong direction. Um, but you know, um, creating the content is one thing, but then getting it out and getting it in front of the right people is really the most important thing. And the benefits and the fringe benefits that happen at that point are amazing. So Dan, can you talk a little bit about, you know, you shared a story earlier. I don't know if you want to share that story backstage, but about how this can also be a fringe benefit when it comes to your career. And it might even be an opportunity that you're not even looking for. So can you share a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, so I got into podcasting because of James Carberry. He's the CEO mm -hmm. of Sweetfish. Um, I met him at a TEDx event we were both speaking at. I talked about one thing he talked about how podcasting can really be the avenue through which you can actually grow the amount of relationships, real genuine relationships you have in your life, because we're literally all one relationship away from life, from our changing our lives. Yeah. And he has a story where he by chance had a friend who won a sweepstakes and he got to tag along as one of the friends. And during his little tour through New York city in the back of a limo, he met a guy 
who ended up being the guy organizing all the transportation for that sweepstakes. And through that relationship, he landed a job that really opened his eyes to entrepreneurship, moved him to Orlando where he met his wife, met a lot of key contacts that he used to start Sweetfish and like changed everything. One relationship. Mm. We all have stories like that where because of one relationship, it dramatically changed the trajectory of our lives. Wouldn't Mm -hmm. it be nice to have a method of creating more of those relationships? Wouldn't it be Mm -hmm. nice if we didn't have to leave it to chance? So he wrote a book called Content-Based Networking, and that's what his TEDx talk was about. Um, And I remember connecting with him later. He helped me start a podcast. Um, At the time, I was in nonprofit marketing. It was called The Nonprofit Marketer or Nonprofit Growth. And I started interviewing other nonprofit marketers um, just as a start. And I even started with people that were like already loose contacts, but something happened. I could tell out of all the things I'd done in my career, getting an MBA or like starting and writing a a really like the best blog I could possibly produce, (laughs) Um, doing social media, doing the TEDx thing, Mm -hmm. like all those things paled in comparison to the response I got from people when I started the podcast, when I actually Mm -hmm. started putting out consistent content. And it was funny because I'm like, I wasn't even the one making a lot of the content. I was Mm -hmm. just inviting smart people to be guests and I was just asking them questions. Yet because of something James calls and we call the Oprah effect, a lot of people associated me as the expert, Mm -hmm. right? Even though Oprah, all she does is interview really interesting people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do we go with the questions? You know, or was Oprah like we see Oprah as like, she does everything. She's so good. She's, Mm -hmm. and truth be told, she's a highly successful, you know, business person, media personality, many things, but a lot of times your guests tend to rub off some of that shine ends up coming back to you, even though you shine the spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. And when you've had guest over guest over over and guest on your show, that builds up a personal brand in a way that I've never had never experienced before. So when James took a run at me to start with him working at Sweetfish, I was like, yep, I'm sold. <laughs> I know you found something amazing. This really, really works. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's incredible. Uh, thank you for the, all those points. I was just like, yeah, it's mind blown. Like I, I agree with everything. <laughs> um, we're all Oprah's you guys. Um, but I was like, people I think get really intimidated with starting a podcast. And I, and I also think a lot of people are like, Oh, that's just for entrepreneurs or that's just for, you know, this small percentage of the population. But mm-hmm. to your point, it actually does expand across so many lines. It's like, even if you're not in business, there's a lot of people out there who have podcasts who aren't in, they're not doing it for their business. It's their hobby. They love true crime or, you know, whatever the topic is. And so, and it does, it's like, if you just think of it as, Hey, I might meet some cool people, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I might like make a friend. I might, you know, expand my network. And it's just you chatting with other people. Even if you don't have guests on your podcast and it's mostly you telling stories or educating or whatever, you're, you can um, grow this audience of, of friends as well. And it's true. Like when I have guests on my podcast, it's like, I'm, I'm just, you know, listening, right. I'm listening to what they're saying and I'm taking it all in and I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing it. And then I'm asking questions of keeping the conversation going and kind of shining a light on them. Um, but in doing so, you're right. It's like, it does, it, it does shine a light um, back on you. So if people would just think of it as I might meet someone cool, um, it's just a conversation, just me having a discussion with somebody else. Maybe it would take the edge off a little bit. 
Yeah. You know, um, Josh, uh, and hey, good morning, Josh. Great to see you. He says, you know, is it the urgency and excitement, like kind of like you're talking about, Aaron, that gets in the way of planning it? Because earlier, Dan when you were talking about, you know, most podcasts don't go past, what is it, episode seven? So is it that excitement that, you know, you know, that initial spark and, oh my God, I'm really going to do it. But then the planning falls short. Is that where the, 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 the stop, the hard stop tends to be? Would you say? Um, it's hard for me to tell because I never started a podcast rough by myself. I was first a customer of Sweetfish and it made it a lot okay. easier. I was actually trading services. I gave them SEO help. They gave me podcasting help. And because they kind of got me started and I saw what it took then to do it, it was easy mm -hmm. for me to even take it on myself. Like I've done most most of the production on my own, the podcast I mentioned earlier. Someone's oh, wow. still doing the editing, but I've done enough editing to know what I would need to do to do it. Um, did you do your intro music? Uh, did you, I, for did the you... first 10 episodes, I did it myself. I'm really nice. glad that my one of our editors is now doing it because me doing it in Descript and him like really fine tuning it. Oh, it sounds uh -huh. so different. I'm like, I'm never <laughs> editing my own episodes again. <laughs> sure. Totally. It sounds awesome. I really do love it. It's just kind of a natural mm -hmm. kick into the show. Um, you know, we had another question too. Cody is wondering, is LinkedIn audio sessions, essentially LinkedIn's version of podcasting. What do you guys think about that? And, and you know, if you guys haven't tried out LinkedIn audio sessions, it's something that they rolled out last month toward the end of January where it's very clubhouse esque, but it's here on LinkedIn and it's very, it's very much in beta in my opinion, but I think that it's starting to catch fire. So what do you guys think? Is this just the new podcasting version for LinkedIn? So I see LinkedIn audio and clubhouse too, right? Like in the same vein, I see them more as radio shows as, a, as compared to like a podcast purely because the fact like a radio show can have people call in and actually engage, like interact, like, with their mm -hmm. audience in real time, where that's what you can do in audio events, where people are coming up on stage and actually asking their questions, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, I um, I think that's one thing. You know, we we talk about frequently too. Danchez is like, do you feel like you are missing um, the audience engagement with the podcast, or do you feel like the way that you market it? continues the engagement with the podcast so you don't miss out on those key insights that people sometimes bring up right then and there during the show. I know there's been a lot of times where I've been listening to a podcast and wish I could call in and be like, oh, but, this, but this question, but this one thing. So talk, can you talk a little bit about your experience there? It's funny. I just did some research yesterday and even this morning and then posted a poll. I was looking at like 250 top SaaS companies websites. I was trying to see who has a podcast currently in the in this space, right? And I go website to website to website. Hardly any of them have podcasts. The, the market's saturated. It's not even close. Right. <laughs> it's probably right. like 20% or less, somewhere between 15 to 20% have podcasts. Um, but almost all of them had webinars. I was like, what the heck's up with this? Who the heck goes to webinars? <laughs> and like, I, when I see what the term webinar, I'm thinking 20% content, 80% pitch, right? Yeah. That's how I feel when I see a webinar. But yeah. so I did a poll, which would you rather consume podcast or webinars? 80% want to consume podcast, 20% webinars. Now, of course my, my crowd is going to be heavy on the podcasting and there's sure. more than business content and podcasting. You have true crime and entertainment shows and all that kind of stuff. So take, take that with a huge grain of salt. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I got to talking to people because like a lot of 20% still said, I like webinars over podcasts. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, get out. <laughs> Why? And it was Who because of the people? interactivity. It was because of the chat and being able to be invited up on stage to ask questions mm -hmm. and actually interact live with somebody. And I'm like, man, live, podca live podcasting is probably going to be a bigger thing. Now Clubhouse kind of has pioneered some ways. So it'll be interesting to see what LinkedIn does. Um, I won't even try LinkedIn's tool unless I know I can record the, the audio. Yeah. Um, that was even a problem with Clubhouse. I had to work extra hard to even figure out how to record the sessions, and they were mostly pretty crappy. Um, if I can mm. record and then distribute it through all the normal podcasting channels, then it would be worth it. Um, but I definitely, definitely think there's room for this place where interactivity enters podcasting. We're starting a new podcast called Mike Club mm. um, for Sweetfish soon. And it's, that's going to be a big component of it is a live functionality and interactivity that we're going to be exploring. I won't be doing that with my show as much, honestly, because most of the interactivity I do is on LinkedIn. I mm. kind of have a two-channel rule that you need a long-form channel and a short-form channel. And it's on the short-form channel where a lot of the interactivity can take place. And that could be LinkedIn. It could also be Twitter mm -hmm. um, or possibly even TikTok is short-form-ish. <laughs> mm -hmm. I still mm -hmm. find that takes almost as much time to produce that content as a long-form piece sometimes, but... Um, if you want yes. to engage with me, I'm always pointing people back to LinkedIn because that's where I'm chatting up and commenting and getting in conversations with people. Yeah, I wonder, that's such a good point. I wonder if they're going to become almost one in the same, right? Because like for webinars, I really don't interact with webinars. I'm kind of have it on the background. I'm doing something else. Like, oh, that's a good point. Like I try to get key points and like learn something. Um, so it's almost like it is a podcast because I'm kind of just listening to the audio. I'm not really like engaging. That's just not my jam. I just want to hear mm -hmm. the information. But on the other side, like you were saying, it's like you can have it as a webinar, maybe call it something else so that you attract more people, um, but then record it and then you have, bang, you know, another piece of content that you can gate or do something else with, similar to what we do here. It's like we're live and we have done, like, was it last week? I did. I had a, I had a deck, you know, and I was teaching and I was going over things. So it's almost, it was almost like a webinar with the interaction, but then mm -hmm. we also download the audio and then we're like oh but it's also a podcast you know so mm -hmm. it's like you can kind of use these you know call them what you will but you can use them you know for for similar um goals as well yeah yeah um so uh dan says i'm wondering if we could switch gears just a little bit and talk about uh, audience growth again what do you think if you could if you could kind of go back over all the things that you've implemented since you, you know, were a customer of Sweetfish and now you are, you know, obviously working for them and creating these new things. What do you think is the missing key to audience growth? Oh, there's like three major pieces that I think people are missing. Um, okay. And so I can touch on them really quick. And then if you want to dive deeper into any of them, we can go deeper into any of them. Okay. One part comes down to the content. They're not actually like we talked about in the beginning, actually figuring out what people want to hear and what they need to hear, like actually sitting down and talking to their potential audience and actually asking them questions to get to know them. So they know they're producing content that's going to resonate, like, and finding out what their problems are, what their objectives are, where are they trying to go? What's ideal? If they could wave a magic wand and make that thing disappear, what does that look like? You know, like all those types of research yeah. questions, they're not doing it. Um, mm -hmm. So once you do it, then actually forming an opinion about how them or their company would approach that topic um, and actually producing that as content, either through bringing on guests that can answer it, their own internal subject matters, the, them themselves, 
that's the content. So that's content optimization. Um, even better if you can give it a bit of a premise, a twist to the show that makes it a little bit different. For example, mm -hmm. Hot Ones. It's a normal interview show. I mean, he's a great interviewer. If you haven't seen that guy do Hot Ones, he's like one of the best interviewers I've seen. He's so good. Awesome. But the gimmick that he has is the hot chicken wings, right? The hot sauce that gets hotter and hotter. Uh, it just makes the show more interesting. Brings a whole <laughs> different element compared to every single talk show out there. Yeah. What can you do with your show? And that's kind of a gimmicky way. How you? But you might be able to bring something a little bit more different to it to make the content have an angle to it that's just going to make it different from everybody else. Yeah. Um, the second thing is distribution. How are people going to find your episode? Now, you could do the work of building up an organic audience on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, Dan, I noticed you were helping people at LinkedIn, so I know you probably have a lot to say about how to build that up, and that's a very viable route. It also is wicked hard, right? It mm -hmm. takes a lot of effort and work and commitment to do that. At the same time, you're like, yeah, but I'm trying to build this podcast audience over here or this YouTube channel. Do I have to do both? Be like, eh. like if you have some money right now, LinkedIn ads is, I think, is the number one arbitrage for paid media, especially for B2B. Um, so if you have a budget, like getting, slicing up your episodes, like this episode, taking out a 30 second to three minute clip and then running paid media behind it. And to my third part, you need to have a separate website for your content. And a lot of people hate me about like, hate, hate me for this. I don't know why, but like build a separate website that you can optimize like a media site. Stop yeah. embedding it into your company blog where it's optimized for one thing, leads, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Sales, which is great. A sales site should be, you got to earn money. You got to make it clear about what you do and how you can help people. But if you want to grow an audience, think and act like a media company, go look at gong.io. It's optimized for sales. Go look at wired.com. It's optimized for audience. Subscribe, consume more content. Here's some other things you might like. Here's some other mediums you might like. You need to build that website mm -hmm. and build it on and position it around the topics your customer will love, right? Not on the thing you're an expert at. That might be one of the pieces of content you talk about. So that's kind of the other part is conversion optimization for audience. So content, distribution, conversion optimization. Those are kind of like awesome. the three missing pillars. And it's usually one of the three or all three. Sometimes if I come and sit down and look at someone and why they're not growing, yeah. but that's what I do. That's such a great point too, because I think a lot of us, you know, we spent, we have the 10,000 hour rule here, right? Um, resumes, uh, content, LinkedIn, always pointing the wrong way, guys. Um, that's maybe that's our <laughs> shtick. <laughs> but, you know, once you do something for 10,000 hours, it can be hard to remember what those initial challenges are. I was working with a client last week and the question wasn't, Claire, can we talk about the in-depth strategy of pivoting my career to medical sales? The question was, do I send them a Word document or a PDF? And that's a terrific question. But once we do something for so long, sometimes that initial stuff, you know, is is forgotten, right? We have to like remember what our audience really cares about. So I like that because it's a great reminder that we've got to go back in and really listen in depth to our audience and, and meet them where they are, right? They're not, you know, studying for, in my case, they're not studying how to, you know, uh, use subliminal messaging in a resume like I am, sorry, but I'm, I'm all into the psychology of the resume. But, um, you know, they, they need, we need to meet them where they are so that, and then nurture that with those additional things. So I really like that approach. And I hadn't thought about that. You know, I know taking your audience to another platform where essentially you own the content and you can, you can nurture them there. And 
hey, if LinkedIn goes down tomorrow, you don't necessarily lose that relationship, right? If, you're, if your stuff only lives on LinkedIn, guys, you got to put something else into play. Because if LinkedIn goes down tomorrow, like it did yep. last year for a day or so, you lose everything that you built, right? And you lose all those great relationships you created. So I like that. I think that's a that's a that's a brilliant way to look at it. Those are really three great pillars. What do you anything you guys want to add, Aaron and Dad? Yeah, yeah I would just say that at the, at the very least, have a dedicated spot on your website mm-hmm. for your podcast and mm-hmm. Don't just say, oh, find us on iTunes, you know, or, you know, like, or Apple or find us on Spotify. No, like have people, they should come back to the mothership, you know? Um, And so it's like, if you don't have a dedicated website, which is an awesome idea, um, at least have a dedicated area where you can send people um, to listen uh, to, to your stuff, you know, at the very, very least. And I also want to throw in there too, it's like, you might be like, listen, I am, my content, it is what my audience is looking for. I am talking Mm -hmm. about it. I am in the groups. These are questions that they're asking. I am answering them. Look at your copy. Look at your headline. Look at like, how are you framing it? You know, how are you talking about it? Are you using copy or messaging that's connecting with them where they're like, ah, yes, I've been looking for that. You know, I I really need to learn more about that. Awesome. I'm going to play this. It's like, kind of like you have to look at like how you're describing it and talking to your, your audience too. Sorry, Dan, I think I, Dan Mott, I think I interrupted you, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, you know, we, we were kind of talking before we went live too about how podcasting is an amazing way to actually do market research, right? Because like you get to, whether you're interviewing potential clients or you're inter- interviewing like strategic partners, you get a, like a chance to sit down and intimately ask those questions and be able to like identify what's going, right? What, what does the market care about and what should we t- be talking about as opposed to just making the assumptions about what your audience wants to hear. It allows you to kind of like be connected with that. I think that was, that was really the whole point of this new podcast. Really, uh, really Dan, right. was to kind of really focus on audience growth and like you've strategically built it in a way where you can use it to ask potential customers questions that help you do market research, create better content and create better relationships with, with potential clients. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I saw a comment down about building a website and I just had to answer it. If you're trying to build a website and it's like, you're not a web designer, you've never built a website before. First website you need to build, I'd build it on card.co, two R's. Mm. It's the easiest place to build your first personal website. It's essentially somewhere between Linktree and like a landing page builder. It's a sync that makes single one page websites. Um, Use that first, build something nice there and then like upgrade to WordPress or Square or something later, but just get it done. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. That's great. Go. It, um, so I have to say every week we're like, oh, 30 minutes flies by in a flash. So I would uh, I want to ask you the question we ask everybody on the show, Dan Chez, and that is this. If we are to go and recommend something today, if you could recommend one thing that everybody here could do today to move forward in their podcasting journey, one thing, what would it be? Uh, set up a podcast website with PodPage. Pod page. Okay. Why pod page? Um, because it's designed for podcasting. Okay. Um, there's other ways to do this. You can do it with WordPress and there's some plugins that will auto poll, but pod page is just so much simpler. I'm doing it with my own podcast website and I know how to build websites with WordPress. Mm. Um, Morning Brew is doing it with all their podcasts. The Hustle is doing it with all their podcasts and they have one podcast, one website per podcast. Uh, oh, my wow. favorite thing about it is it auto polls. So if you use something like Anchor or... <clears throat> Uh, any of the other podcasting apps, I actually use sounder.fm. That's my favorite web podcast host. Um, it auto pulls from the feed and creates the post for you. 
and embeds the player in it. So then you share a link to that what? page, never to Apple. Like, cause what if they're on Android? Why would you share a link to Apple? So you need mm. to send them somewhere that's not freaking like dead, de dedicated to a platform. You might as well send them to your own website where they can either listen to it right there on the page, maybe bump into some other stuff you have going on or mm -hmm. very quickly find the link to Apple, Google, Stitcher, or Spotify, or like, or many of the other podcast uh, apps out there. Um, so set it up with pod page. It's like, it's pretty cheap. I think it's like 10 or 15 bucks a month. And it, you probably have to spend a little bit of time, like customizing it to look good. But I think you've, you, you can even stick your RSS feed into it and it'll show you all the templates with all your content already preloaded. And it just pick the one you like and then customize it add a domain name later. That's probably the easiest thing you could do to improve your podcast experience. Oh, wow. Talk about hitting the easy button. Thank you for that. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, DHS, we can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here today. Um, you know, a lot of us are podcasting already or aspiring to podcast. You know, a lot of folks here in the chat have learned a lot today. So thank you so much for your time and everything you've shared with us today. And you guys, if you're not yet following Dan Sanchez, do not wait. Do it today. Find him on LinkedIn. Obviously, he mentioned some of his sites today. We will link everything in the comments. And as always, we know, you guys, time is our greatest currency. So the fact that you chose to spend it with us this morning is so important, and we're so grateful for that. So thank you so much. And Sanchez, thank you. It's really great to get to chat with you live. And Aaron and Dan, you too, guys. Thanks, everybody. All right. With that, we'll see you guys next week for another Power Hour. And uh, until then, take care. Bye. Bye, everyone.